Chapter Nine of On the Exercises of Piety by Jean Joubert. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: Examination of Conscience, Section One: Its Place in the Life of Piety. The immediate aim of piety is to put man in close intimacy with God for by faith it brings forth god from the shadows of mystery and makes him perceptible to the heart by love it embraces him and takes possession of him and by prayer it becomes attached to him and drinks in his life like the babe at its mother's breast this intimacy produces joy and peace together with a feeling of confidence and strength but enjoyment however pure it may be is not the ultimate end of piety god gives himself under the form of life not to efface our own personal life but to raise it up and to make it better he sanctifies us less by making sanctuaries of us in which there is the consecration of his presence than by inspiring us with worthier feelings and nobler actions it were then to misunderstand the divine purpose and to paralyze the action of the holy spirit if in our piety we did not follow after an increase of moral life by means of virtue he who only seeks enjoyment in his piety is false to god's gifts god only gives himself and imparts happiness to us here below in order to help us to live better and hence piety enjoins those actions which are predisposed by a good moral life these acts may be reduced to two in chief the taking knowledge of oneself and the conquest of oneself the morally good man is he who has made the conquest of himself in the struggle with the thousand tyrants who contend with him for the rule over his being he attains a higher moral elevation in proportion as he escapes outside influences and inner caprice and as being his own master he gives himself all the more wholeheartedly to duty but in order to be one's own master the first condition is to remain at home within one's own heart nothing arouses a man more to undertake the government of his life than a frequent examination of conscience a strict watch upon the movements of his mind and heart and a faithful taking stock of the value of his acts and of their bearing this is exactly the end of the examination of conscience this is what marks its place and signalizes its high importance in the life of piety you are not really pious unless you obtain from god the gift of a better life and you will only live a good life on condition of dwelling within yourself and attending to the inner motions of the soul but you will only be at home in your own heart if your examination of conscience frequently causes you to come back to it every tradesman who has the prosperity of his house at heart remains faithfully at his place of business he receives the goods himself he takes care of their safety and checks their sale he keeps his books accurately and often compares his cash balance with his accounts his vigilance eliminates the causes of loss 
and adds to the number of opportunities for making a profit whilst ruin enters surreptitiously into the dwelling of the careless man who neglects his affairs fortune awaits him whose careful eye provides for everything it is the same in the sphere of morality self-examination is the safeguard in it for the most sacred interests of the soul it is indeed by the examination of his conscience that a man enters into his own heart there he is the witness of the feelings that arise of the passions which disturb him and of the failings that bring humiliation upon him he sees the good aspirations that come to grief and the bad impulses that get the upper hand and aware of his wretchedness and also of his strength he knows both what to dread and what he may hope for and this knowledge agitates and arouses him and makes him form good resolutions for however low he may have fallen there is still within him a deep instinct which is inherent in his nature and which protests against anything what is wrong it is indeed an echo of the voice of god that reverberates in a man's conscience when he is overtaken with remorse at the sight of the sins that he has committed or of the failings into which he has fallen if so many people daze themselves with dissipation in order not to hear such reproaches as these and if they flee from themselves in order not to perceive the stains in their own hearts it is because they wish to evade the painful effort of reaction that a sight of their wretchedness would stimulate in their souls thus act those sick people who avoid getting to know their own true condition in order to spare themselves the anxiety of the medical treatment which a clear knowledge of their danger would force them to undergo the examination of conscience is not in itself a remedy for the ills of the soul but it effectively invites the soul to take the remedy that will cure it section two the use of the examination of conscience the most skilful masters of the spiritual life and especially st ignatius loyola considering piety as a means of moral progress have placed the examination of conscience among the most essential of the exercises of the pious life in cases of sickness and of overwhelming occupation they allow the putting on one side of vocal prayer and even of interior prayer but they ask that the examination of conscience should never be omitted so sure are they that the examination of conscience can make good for all the rest and that nothing else can make up for the want of it some pious people who have a habit of recollection and are attentive to the inner motions of their hearts easily dispense with fixed hours of examination and with definite subject matter for it they are wrong and deprive themselves of a great source of aid for this general view of their conscience without any definite point is utterly wanting in moral effectiveness in this vague cognizance that they take of themselves they do not get an idea of what they are wanting in and they do not derive from this hazy view of themselves a victorious impulse towards what is good 
any one who looks to piety for the moral strength to lead a better life should therefore settle for himself every day a time to be set apart for the examination of his conscience it will be at any rate in the evening at the hour of prayer with which the day closes and in communities which are fervent they add to this the recollection at midday examination of conscience is only real and brings forth fruit on condition of having a definite object to enter into one's own house is well but to be satisfied with going round it with a hasty glance is to run the risk of seeing nothing in it to find out what is out of order it is necessary to scour a few corners every day sometimes one and sometimes another how many houses to all appearance well kept reveal serious shortcomings if some one part of them is scanned with close and continued observation in an examination of conscience the eyes of the soul will first of all look in the direction of one's dominant fault for there it is that the chief gaps in the moral life appear and if some are so far ignorant of themselves as not to know what their dominant failing is they can either watch their own disposition of which it is usually the natural product or else ask their spiritual director who will quickly perceive in their habitual faults what is their most harmful tendency this principal tendency which rules the whole of the life is outwardly expressed in act and word but after having aroused complex movements within those who are only beginning and who are so far but little trained to catch and repress their inmost thoughts and feelings will first of all keep watch over words and acts which afford more tangible material for examination and over these the will has a greater hold but with patience attention will turn by degrees from without to within and will discover defects to be corrected in their very source and will suppress them before they have had time to come out into the open there is then an order to be kept in this moral strategy the object of which is the conquest of self if sensualism is a serious check to virtue it must be the primary objective of our attack as soon as the flesh has been nearly subdued the hours of the day must be rescued from being arranged by caprice for he who is master of his time has acquired a great amount of strength then will come the art which st james declares to be so important and so difficult of governing one's tongue so that it shall not trip in uttering hurtful or inconsiderate words such as offend against charity or good taste whatever may be the matter of our self-examination it must be done under the eyes of god and in utter sincerity of soul piety will preside over it either because it calls for divine enlightenment by prayer or else because at the end it implores for grace and strength to overcome evil straightforwardness too has its part to play both in driving away delusions that might hide the soul's weaknesses from the search and to prevent dissimulation from closing the lips against making the indispensable avowals 
happy are those who examine themselves straightforwardly judge themselves strictly and correct themselves faithfully they are in the way of salvation end of chapter nine